Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Hey, welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. It's lovely to have you here. Over the next few episodes, we're taking a look at some of our favourite individual giving on-demand sessions in celebration of our IG conference coming up on the 19th of October. If you'd like to join us at the conference, you can use the promo code FEPODCAST to get 50% off. Yep, just pop in FE Podcast at checkout to get 50% off IG conference in October via our website. Now, on to today's episode. Enjoy. Just to introduce myself, um, my name is Sage. Um, I'm the senior manager of digital fundraising at UK for UNHCR, so close to UNICEF, but um, <laughs> another UN agency, so the UN Refugee Agency. Um, Amazing. And I'm Natalie. I'm an associate director in the paid media and strategy team at Blue State. So we're an agency that work with a lot of nonprofits um, and including Sage here, which is very exciting. Um, so really happy to be here. I know we've only got 20 minutes, so we're going to launch right in. Um, this really is a bit of a thought starter in terms of uh, mid-value giving, mid-value donors within your IG program. There's a lot to cover, so we're going to jump right in. But I think, yeah, really keen to keep this discussion going afterwards. So if you do have any questions, feel free to pop them in the chat and we will get to them as soon as we can at the end. So why are we here today and why are we talking about this? Um, essentially, across the board, across a lot of our clients, we are seeing a rise in mid-value donors when it comes to donation volumes, audience scalability, and even retention rates. So this is leading to more and more clients for, for us at Blue State turning to think about their mid-value fundraising and their strategies and to really start that discussion of what does that look like this winter? What does it look like next year and beyond? And actually, should we be reconsidering um, that as a priority within IG? So I'm going to start by talking a little bit about the landscape before Sage goes into some more specifics about her own programme. Um, but I think the conversation about mid-value donors already stood on its own. But the current financial landscape only adds to this. So we know through just general kind of trends from previous recessions and from current economic analysis that there is a direct correlation between um, consumption, so can consumer spending and charitable giving. So over the next 12 months, we're definitely going to see charity income start to fall in line with consumer spending as prices begin to rise. This is not um, a surprise to us. We know that's going to happen. But really, we wanted to look into what that means for um, IG and for donor behaviour. So looking um, this year already, in April, CAF did a study and reported that one in 25, so 4% of people, have already been cancelling their regular donors to charity, regular donations. So as of April this year, before the huge kind of rise in cost of living, before this became a thing, that was already um, on the up. And, and at this point, it's now sort of um, a lot higher than that. So we already know that people are starting to cancel. Um, this is panicking a lot of, lot of non-profits, but I'd just like to say, don't, don't let it. There's a lot that can be done. Um, and there was definitely strategies that, that we can implement to, um, to overcome this. So what do we expect to continue seeing? What are we already seeing? Right now, across the majority of our clients, we're seeing less people giving, but people that are giving are giving more. So that means our donation volumes might be dropping, but of the people that are continuing to give, those average gifts are increasing. 
We're also seeing a shift in the percentage difference between one-off cash gifts and regular donations. So for a lot of charities, especially mid and smaller charities, um, for people who had a fairly decent uh, percentage of monthly gifts coming in every, every month, every year, that is decreasing. But we are seeing people who are giving one-off cash gifts more likely to give again, perhaps a second or a third time within a year. So that landscape is changing a little bit. And that all leads us to really talk about who these people are that are giving and how much they're giving. So looking first of all just at the first half of 2022, so the first half of this year, we saw that 53% of people have did say that it's now a bit or much harder than last year for them to donate to charity. Again, not a surprise, but if you dig into that, there is an interesting nuance between those 53% of people. So actually, the number of people donating $100 or less globally to organisations fell by more than 17% in the first half of this year. But those donating between $100 and $500 only fell by 8%. So it's still a drop, but it's a much smaller drop. And that does represent the potential of our mid-value donors this winter and beyond. Looking within the organisations we work with at Blue State, we've seen that trend within our work and within our fundraising programmes day to day. So whilst mid-value donors might make up a lower volume in terms of like the overall donor base, they contribute to a significant amount of income. So we had a look across eight international development charities that we are either currently working with or have worked with previously. And what we saw that of the total donor base, mid-value donors make up 0.26% of total donors, but 6% of income. And that difference is quite huge if you think about it and really represents the, the value that these donors bring in. Bring in. And for UNHCR globally, I'm talking specifically, because Sage is here as well to talk about her programme, that number is different, but still represents the same trend. So for them, it's 6% of their total donors fall into the mid-value category, but they represent 40% of their total income. That's huge. And if we think about strategies that um, currently exist or are in, in progress, surely that should be a priority strategic area. So just to summarise before I hand over, we're hearing more and more um, that these, these donors are becoming a strategic priority. And we know from experience that by cultivating these donors differently, we are able to help and to see organisations significantly increase the value of their existing mid-value donor pools. Also, just a nod to the fact that in a post-pandemic world, face-to-face -face events are back and there is huge opportunity to integrate between online and offline experiences. So really just want to mention the fact and nod to the fact that actually these mid-value donors, um, can the nurture programmes can be integrated with legacy giving, high net worth individuals or corporate givers. They represent huge value and that should be recognised. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Sage and let her talk a little bit more detail about how that plays out in UK for you. Cool. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to kind of walk through uh, the program that we've been running at UK4U. Um, so basically, just a caveat before I begin is even though uh, mid-level giving has been a strategy at UNHCR since 2014, we are still in our early days. It is still a new and growing program. So kind of excited to just walk through um, our learnings and then, um, yeah, what, what might be helpful. Um, so to begin, um, as I said, it's been a strategic priority since 2014. We had an initial goal of generating 10% uh, of our income from mid-value donors. Um, we've made a concerted effort ever since to focus on recruiting, retaining, and upgrading our mid-value donors. Um, and kind of one thing to stress here is that they are worth the wait. It's um, to kind of throw out a, bit of, a bunch of catchphrases. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Focus on quality, not quantity. Um, and it's kind of yeah, a long game. Um, ultimately, you won't see the it, it's 
more expensive to recruit and you won't see the lower ROI at the beginning or the higher ROI at the beginning, but it does add up and you will see a higher retention, higher gains later on. Um, and there is a knock-on effect. I think by focusing on mid-value retention um, acquisition and kind of uh, that program, you can see that there's uh, an increase in um, average gifts, um, looking at kind of our attrition and retention rates, that there is an improvement across the board. So what does this actually look like? So just to kind of share some numbers, at the moment where we're looking in the UK specifically is that 7.5% of our donors are giving at that mid-level threshold. Um, and this is driving 34% of our income. Um, and kind of echoing what I was saying about this being a, a marathon, not a sprint, is that after five years, we're seeing that donors that recruited at the standard value um, level are now giving at a mid-value um, gift, so 5% of them. Um, and that also we are seeing that this is improving our second gift rates and our retention. So at the moment, um, over 50% of our, well, 50% of our um, offline donors that have been acquired uh, through press ads um, and any kind of uh, other acquisition means are giving again, and 30% are giving a second gift. Um, and then these numbers and percentages are increasing for third, fourth, fifth gifts. So... Who are they? So we've undertaken a lot of qualitative research and analysis to kind of identify who our donors at UK Free and HCR are, and then similarly kind of who um, mid-value donors are. Um, we're kind of seeing that they're left-wing, um, avid news readers, and up-to-date in current affairs. Um, looking online, we're seeing kind of a, a more surprising trend of these donors being generally 25 to 44. Um, but this is different and more skewed to an older audience offline. So this kind of stresses the importance and highlights the importance of actually analyzing your data and being able to identify who your mid-value like mid donors are. So how do you actually talk to them? Um, these donors are incredibly valuable, um, as we've kind of seen through the numbers. Um, and, you know, they do deserve to be nurtured and protected. Um, so what we've been doing is we've been working on our segmentation, both online and offline, to ensure that all of our communications are personalized, tailored and specific to these donors. Um, we kind of factor this into how we communicate with them, how we send uh, different appeals online and offline, and kind of when we should omit them from comms or send specific ones to them. Um, and one of the most important things is to kind of repeat and reiterate kind of and stress the importance of their support um, and letting them know kind of, you know, how important they are to us. So uh, kind of uh, to build on that, you know, these donors are special um, and they want to be treated specially. They won't admit it, um, but you do kind of need to give them a bit of special treatment. So make them feel special by kind of giving them an inside track, making them feel part of the organization and give them a peek behind the curtain. So this year we've been testing and running a few different mid-value events. So we've been doing um, them virtually so far, um, kind of where we invite in um, guest speakers, um, internal staff to update them personally on what's happening. So, so far we've held an event on Afghanistan, Ukraine, and we'll be holding our first in-person event in November. So um, updates pending, um, but just to kind of meet with them and then make them feel involved. Um, 
I've said unique opportunities and we're trying to figure out different ways that we can kind of engage with them. And we created a, a big give similar kind of match funding opportunity uh, this winter where we asked donors to actually create a match giving uh, pot where then they would match kind of RG gifts that ultimately raised 40,000 pounds. And then from the RG, then um, we're still seeing the benefits of that from uh, regular giving. Um, and then input. Um, these donors, I think a, a good way to make them feel special and valued is by asking for their opinions and feedback. Um, we regularly send them and kind of our most committed supporters um, the opportunity, like surveys to feedback on, you know, concepts, appeals, themes. And we sent a survey recently to donors, which was like stupidly long. It was about 34 questions. Um, our open rate for the email was 30%. Um, and then the completion rate was 80%. So they do want to be involved. They are engaged and they want to actually um, engage with your work. So I think kind of the most important thing then is to say thank you. Um, this is kind of building on that special treatment and that communication. Say thank you as much as you can. Um, and I think kind of someone in my office once mentioned that it's kind of similar to like when your grand gives you 10 pounds and you just kind of need to write a note and say exactly how you spent that money. Um, so what we've done is we've been sending handwritten notes to our donors um, and uh, when we get the donations, um, letting them know. Um, and then we've actually been running thinkathons so we've been picking up the phone um, and just saying uh, giving them a call and saying thanks and this is across the entire team so not just fundraising so we're asking kind of operations comms um, finance and trustees to actually just call and say thanks um, and similarly updates you know let them know exactly how their donation was spent and then kind of giving them an update on their appeals so making sure it's cyclical so that you actually ask and then say thank you and then share impact. Um, and this is something that we've been trying and we've also been running on paid media and starting to test a bit more. So being able to include um, those thank yous there. Um, and lastly, probably something everyone's a bit interested in is how do you actually target and recruit these donors? Um, so this will obviously depend on your existing list um, and database and then kind of your appetite to test and ability to test. Um, so lookalike audience is a good start. So looking at kind of your higher value donors, any mid-value donors and any mid-value prospects that you have, kind of collate that information and create lookalike audiences and target them online. Um, and kind of building on that, looking at your mid-value prospects, which donors um, have the propensity to give at the mid-level value and how can you encourage those higher gifts? Um, looking at donation pages, similar to comms um, and the communications that you're sending that should be personalized and tailored to these donors, make sure your donation pages and asks are too. Um, so for all of the mid-level donors, make sure that you're actually asking at the right amount. Um, and then test. Like, I don't think you can have an IG conference without just saying this. Obviously, just kind of test as much and often as possible. Um, I've kind of included a, a recent example of a test that we ran during a, a winter appeal last year, um, where we actually just tested the uh, baseline ask amount. So our base was 75 pounds versus 150. By just increasing and doubling that ask amount, we were seeing um, a 13.8% increase in the average gift. And we raised over 10% or 9% on that email. Um, similarly, this is something that can be tested across all pages and all donors. So if you're looking to just even increase your um, average gift from 50 to 75 pounds, don't be afraid to kind of start nudging donors in the right direction. Um, so yeah, very whistle-stop tour of what we're doing in the UK, but um, hand over to Natalie. 
Amazing. And it's just going to touch a little bit on building a strategy for anybody who is thinking of building out a strategy for mid-value donors or adapting their existing strategy, or even looking to think about how they can test um, speaking to them differently this winter. Just a few things to consider. Um, So first of all, a simple one, but actually stop and ensure you've clearly identified who this donor base actually is. The value bracket is going to be different for every organization, naturally. But when looking at your own overall donor file, um, does it fit the the mid-value criteria? Are we speaking to people or are we thinking about people who give substantially more than your mass donor base? Once you've finalized this segmentation and understood exactly who they are and how much they're giving on an annual basis, you're in a great place to start. Secondly, let's research and let's analyse that um, mid-level audience to identify a difference in behaviours and how they maybe give or react or behave online differently to your mass donor base. So some mid-level donors will give consistently once a year on the, on the annual year. Others will build up their contribution throughout that year. But either way, ensure you're researching who they are, how they're giving, and tailoring that onward communication strategy accordingly to that behaviour. Potentially reduce the volume of communication with them and only contact them um, during key moments or peak fundraising moments throughout the year. As Sage just mentioned, a little communication goes a long way as long as that is tailored. But really take the time to identify who they are, how they behave and make sure the strategy you're putting in place is tailored and personalised to that. And prepare for big fundraising moments. So if that is the case, like I just mentioned, that actually you're only speaking to them a few times a year at the big moments, use those quieter moments to plan their onward journeys, plan their journeys from first to second gift. Maybe use the time to test opt-in rates. Let's not forget that perhaps the most important thing about acquiring a mid-value donor is having the ability to contact them again. And that's getting more and more important. And having that first party data and that ability to, to contact them again on any channel is more important than ever as the, this marketing landscape changes. So really do focus on that and use the quiet time to prepare and optimize their own journey. Next, upsell donors at the right moment. So there are many donors, many donors, many moments throughout the year where it might be appropriate to ask your mid-value donors for additional gifts, and it might not be appropriate to send that same communication to your mass donor base. So think about things like birthdays, supporter anniversaries. Think about anything that offers opportunity for personal communication. Does that make sense to speak to your mid-value donor on a much more personal level um, and ask them for additional upsell moments or additional gifts during those times? On a global level, maybe it would be key political moments, key emergency moments, whatever that looks like for your organisation. Can you identify moments to upsell or to ask them to give again and something that doesn't potentially fit in with your overall IG comm strategy? And then one that's been mentioned already, but just think about creating exclusive fundraising opportunities for those mid-level donors. Sage mentioned the the match pot where mid-level donors came together to create that pot themselves. That was an exclusive moment for them to give and to help. We don't want to over-ask of them, but where we do ask, it should feel unique, exclusive and exciting. Um, So create those discrete fundraising opportunities, those moments. Um, Maybe that looks like a a crowdfunding um, tactic or strategy. Maybe it looks like an event. Whatever it is, think about how it's bespoke and unique to them. Let's recognise their value, their generosity, and let's think about how we can really nurture them this winter and beyond. Um, and that really, I think, brings us to the end of all we had to say today. There's a lot to talk about, so we wanted to keep it keep it streamlined, but we'd love to chat any further about this. Our email addresses are here on the screen. I'm Natalie at Blue State, and Sage, obviously, is at uk for You. Um, we'll stick around, so do pop any questions in the chat if you want to, or feel free to email us at any point. Um, yeah, we'd love to chat, but thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
and well done. It's like really interesting. How are you guys? Very well, thank yeah, you. Great. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, do you know what, what? There's loads of questions in the chat box, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to get through a lot of them. So I'm hoping you guys have some time to pop across the chat box afterwards and, and pick up some of them. One of the questions, and I might actually ask my Bernardo's crew here as well. One of the questions that jumped out of me that I hear people asking a lot is, is what is a mid-level talent? Like, what, how do you define it? And you said that it's different in different organizations, but where do you begin to calculate that? Yeah, so I think it does def definitely differ from organization to organization. And that's kind of the thing is that sometimes even like high value, mid value, standard value, it, it does vary. I think from us, we're looking at 1,000 to 10,000. Um, and I think it definitely depends, though, on your actual giving base and then how you calculate that. I don't know, though, if kind of from your yeah, agency side. No, I completely agree. I think what it, what it, how you start really is looking at your entire donor base and analyzing that segmentation. So you can categorize very easily how much people are giving over a 12 month period, let's say. And as you start to segment and categorize and analyze that data, it will naturally fall into value brackets. And it literally is identifying that mid value bracket, people who are giving much more on average per 12 months than other people, but potentially don't quite fall into your high net worth individuals or your high value donor base. So that's why it will look different number will look different to everybody but a little bit of data analysis would easily give you that value bracket but it definitely feels like that section of donors has been kind of neglected today hasn't it like it's we talk about major donors and we talk about just individual giving but that kind of mid-level donors it feels like it's only the last few years that people are really talking about it yeah yeah definitely i think before i worked at uh ukp and hcr um, I had never actually heard of a mid-level um, or mid-value donor. Um, I knew IG and major donors. Uh, so I think it is something that um, the conversation is definitely shifting. Bernardo, how do you define, are you allowed to say what your definition of a mid-level donor is? Uh, here, it's anybody donating between 100 and 999. Yeah, that is a big difference. So you can see, like, and that's obviously Euro. Um, because we are in a real currency over here. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, it definitely is a big mix. And so I guess the important thing to take away from it is people really look at their own donor base and and, and not kind of uh, try and compare apples with oranges and other ones, but look at their own um, segment. Okay. Someone else asked a question about um, tailored donation pages. Um, they said, it sounds incredible, but I wouldn't know how to implement this. And maybe you could just speak a little bit more about that. Like, where would you even start with that? And what, what does it actually look like? Yeah, of course. So there's a few different tactics and approaches that we use. Um, kind of one of the easiest and kind of most upfront ways is to just build special donation pages specifically for these donors. So we have about 200 different donation pages for different appeals, different audiences and different segments. So it's being able to build a page that then increases that average gift and increases the amount that you're asking for. Um, but similarly, we also are able to append URLs and customize like the amount that we're asking. So if we have a donation page and we're looking at kind of pulling the data from uh, our database to the page and like the ask, we can append a URL um, based on kind of highest previous contribution and then increase that by 20%. So then there will actually be a customized um, donation ask on the page. It obviously depends on what platforms you're using and what's like actually technologically feasible um, but one way to start is just by having as many donation pages as you can that you can tailor and use um, for your audiences yeah so really, I, I guess it, sorry go on 
No, I was going to say I'd recommend that as a place to start. If you are asking them for more than, than average, just make sure your donation landing pages reflect that. And the easiest way to start is, is by duplicating and changing those price points. Yeah, so I guess people, especially people in small organizations, if they talk to their web web developer or whoever runs their website, maybe their CRM even, I, I guess some CRMs would have that capability to have these kind of landing pages. I remember um, a campaign run by Ronan Ryan when I think it was when he was in the Irish Red Cross and, and they had separate pages with different videos on each page. And it was actually like saying the donor's name. And so it was a really custom thing where it was like, you know, you may, might not say their full name, but you, there's only so many Johns and so many Marys. So you can actually pick up a number of donors with these different pages. So it was interesting to see them do that. Yeah, there's cool. some really good technology out there to help you do that as well. Well, thank you very much for your time, guys. That was really good. And I, I as I said, I hope um, we haven't got to all the questions, but I hope you will pop into the chat box and pick up some of those questions. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, I'm sure you're both very welcoming to... Uh, questions and people getting in touch with the random theories no please please do please feel free all right very good okay natalie and sage thank you very much for your time take care and lovely to see you thank you so much for listening to the fundraising everywhere podcast if you're enjoying this podcast why not share it with a fundraising friend and if you would like to give us a little like or subscribe it really helps more fundraisers like you find us thank you so much see you next time